Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Knoll Nation. This is Chris Sharp with the Believe in FSU Football Podcast, bringing you episode nine, the Boston College Review. Florida State was pre- prevailed 38-31 to in a very epic game as there's a lot of factors coming into it. We had Coach Odell Hagens resuming his role as an interim head coach after being interim head coach in 2017. Coach Willie Taggart's out of the picture. And also there's just various debates and a huge issue of bowl eligibility as Florida State needed to get this win to really put themselves one step closer to five wins to get closer to bowl eligibility. And Florida State was able to do that. And I'm going to bring you all the details, kind of recap that, and also look ahead toward the next couple of weeks. But first off, I want to give a shout out to Believe, as they're the number one sports podcast network out there. And whether it's the MLB, NFL, NBA, college sports, whatever your flavor is, or whatever you like to listen to in sports, we've got it. So follow Believe or go to Believe.com and tune into all the shows there. And you can also follow me on Twitter at underscore Chris Sharp underscore and use the hashtag BelieveFSU to submit viewer questions. Now, Florida State came into this game. They were just lost to Miami on the road. They At home, sorry. They just lost to Miami. They lost their head coach as well. And the program was at an all-time low, if you will. And that recruits were leaving. There was a lot of turmoil and saying, is Bob Stoops coming? And if he's not interested, then who are we going to get as our future head coach? But this week, Coach Odell Hagens, he resumed the interim head coaching position. And he kind of came out strong and firm and saying, we are going to focus on Boston College. And we are also still Florida State no matter what. And Coach Odell, the magic and just the aura of his presence really is a stabilizing factor. I was with the program in 2017 when Jimbo Fisher left, and there was a lot of turmoil because coaches were leaving, players were thinking about transferring. But Odell, maybe not the best guy with X's and O's, but he's a great people person and a great leader, and he really understood that, hey, we need to represent Florida State here and that we are here to be FSU Seminoles, and we're not here just for our own personal gains. We're not here just to go to the NFL. We're here to play for FSU, and we're still here. So even though other people are gone, we are still here, and we're going to represent. And that's what Coach Higgins brought to the table, and he did it again this week. And he kind of let the other coaches on the staff really go to work. And that was pretty evident based on the offense and some of the defensive play calling as well. And so let's start off with the quarterback. So James Blackman got the start today, and he was 18 for 26 for 346 yards and two touchdowns. This is honestly probably one of his best performances since – Maybe the first half of Boise, uh, he was pretty up and down against Virginia and Wake Forest. And this kind of reminded me of some of his, perform- his performance in the uh, Independence Bowl back in Shreveport when Odell was also the head coach. And I feel like the play calling was really more suited towards Blackman. And they put him in more positions to succeed versus having him run plays that you know you couldn't really succeed at. And he felt a lot more comfortable out there as well. Now, granted, Boston College's defense isn't the best unit overall, but still, going 18 for 26 and for 346, and really, he had a couple. The receivers didn't really help him out in certain aspects because there was a, couple, a huge couple drops that could have had Blackman over 400 yards potentially, maybe even another touchdown on the board as well. And then the other quarterback that made a huge impact, and it wasn't Alex Hornibrook, but it was Jordan Travis, who had three rushes for 94 yards and two touchdowns, and those are really big plays because putting Jordan Travis in a position to keep the ball and fake it to Cam Eggers and then pull the ball out and run around the edge, that was a new a look or a new factor that Boston College wasn't ready for. And really, I don't think FSU was ready. They were ready for it, but they hadn't seen it before either. 
And that draws a lot of questions of why Jordan Travis wasn't on the field sooner. And I, I was a doubter myself. I was thinking, all right, if these coaches aren't putting Travis out there, then there's a huge reason for it. And even in spring ball, yes, he had a good spring game, but I saw all the, about 15, 20, about 15 practices in the spring where Travis, he had some, you know, he, he was too up and down when I saw him play in the spring. It was one day he would have a you know, pretty good drive. He'd lead a two-minute drill. Then the next day he'd barely get, complete a ball. Down, he, he could barely get. He would go three and out, or barely even complete a pass. So, Travis had an up and down tenure. I guess at the at the jump, but now he's a factor, and now everyone's aware of it. And he made a big play because Cam Akers, yes, he had a he had about a hundred yards to total offense, but they really bottled him up in the run game. And this is a new wrinkle in that it kind of gave Cam a break for once. And we still got explosive plays, but it's just through the quarterback running it versus just Cam Akers willing it. He had 18 carries on the day, but I'm kind of glad we didn't really put too much wear and tear on him because he came into the Miami game pretty banged up, and now it's kind of evident. And so I'm assuming he's still feeling some of that right now. So having another running threat that can really make a big play was really helpful for Cam. And as I mentioned and as I mentioned with Coach Odell, he told James Blackman and the whole team really at halftime that, hey, it's time to grow up. And that's, really suit, suit, that's a suiting thing to say because James Blackman, he's a good leader. But sometimes he does pout on the field a little bit when he makes a mistake or if there's a three and out or a drop or a turnover. I've seen Blackman kind of put his head down or throw his hands in the air like, what's going on? And you, you can internalize that, that emotion, that anger a lot. But you really, as a leader, you really don't need to show that on the field. I think Coach Odell was like, look, you've been here. This is your third season now. You, start, you came in in 2017 as a true freshman and you un- endured all that. Last season, you didn't really play that much. And now, in your third season, you're finally on the field and you're starting at quarterback. It's time for you to grow up and show that as a leader and not show all that disappointment. You can feel some of that. Of course, you're human beings. So you're able to feel all that stuff. But as a leader, Blackman, you got to step up, put the mistakes behind you, and make some plays. And that's what Florida State really did as a whole team. To, they did all that. And beforehand, even under Willie, I feel like the team never quit, which is something I mean, Coach Tagger did do a good job of doing. He made sure those those players didn't quit. They fought hard. Even in all the bad losses, whether it was at Virginia or against Wake Forest, the team didn't really quit per se. There was mistakes made and plays not made, but the guys didn't quit. They didn't give up. I saw in, 20, in 2016, even the Orange Bowl season, when we had Josh Sweat jogging on a play. We had linebackers not pursuing, and that team won the Orange Bowl. But they had effort issues a lot of the time. So they could have been better. They could have probably played in a potentially a championship game. You never know. But there's effort plays that were not made. And so seeing how this team here, even though they weren't making the plays, they still showed effort. Um, I was, it was good to see that, that effort being finally rewarded with the win on the road. And really, Coach Odell really helped bring in, Coach Higgins really helped bring in that mentality. Like, guys, you guys have been trying all season long. You've been working hard. It's time for you to step up there's been a lot of blame on the coaching staff in the as of late, but sometimes it's up to the players just to make a play. Like if you're gonna, if the ball is in your hand, if you're a DB and the ball is right in your hands, you got to bring that ball in for interception. You just got to do it. If you're a wide receiver, you got to catch the ball. If you're on the O line, you can't have a false start. You can't have you can't have penalties like that. That's you can blame some of the coaches for that, but at a certain point, the players got to step up and really realize their their true worth. And penalties, uh, FSU did have 11 penalties for 61 yards, and BC had six for 60. But those penalties, I mean, there's still some mistakes out there, you know, false starts here and there. But the team did seem to be trying more. There was more organization as well. And big plays were really the big difference today. Let's go to the offense first. So big plays were the big difference. Uh, Tamari Ontario had seven catches for 156 yards and one touchdown. And he had a huge 74-yard touchdown catch in the first half that really – 
sparked FSU because the Knowles were at a crossroad where Boston College was up and they had a chance to maybe take a, a bigger lead. And really, if the offense didn't get anything going, then BC probably was going to score again and they were probably going to run away with this game. But, but James Blackman finally hit a deep ball. He finally found a nice touchdown on the sideline and hit Terry in stride for a nice 74-yard touchdown run, a t- catch and run. Then DJ Matthews in the second half also had, uh, he had a huge 60-yard touchdown catch and run. That put him at a three for three catches for 80 yards and a touchdown on the day. So DJ Matthews and Tamari Terry, two freshman receivers that came in a couple years ago that are really making an impact right now on the biggest stage. And they make, came in and made huge plays. And granted, FSU didn't, didn't dominate the time of possession like some people want them to, but the big plays were there. And but BC, once they got once FSU got their their athletes and their playmakers in space, they just couldn't keep up. And that's really the key. And then, of course, Jordan Travis's 26 and 66 yard touchdown runs really showed how explosive this offense can be. And Kendall Bryles, uh, Coach Hagan said after the game that he let Coach Bryles control the game, and that's his offense, and he's OC, and he's going to run the show. And that was kind of evident with Jordan Travis being in the game and just some of the play calls in general. There was a better flow, a better rhythm. I feel like in the past, uh, Coach Taggart, he had some good play calls. You know, he had some good times, but you got to have one consistent voice, kind of like how I compare it to having one guy at quarterback. It's like, yeah, you put in Jordan Travis for some packages, but you need to have one solid starting quarterback. You can't have Hornybrook for two series and Blackman for two other series. And I think for the play calling as well, it's the same thing. You can't have Coach Tagger calling three or four different plays or one series and then give Browse another series. Now, the head coach does get the last say-so in a lot of situations, but you need to trust your OC to run the game plan and orchestrate that. And then maybe say if it's like a fourth and short or or a critical third down, then maybe the head coach jumps in and says, hey, I want this one play column is down. So either way, it's kind of an interesting thing how the offense seemed to flow a lot better and how they found different ways to win. A lot of playmakers got involved in this game. Uh, K-Makers had a solid performance overall. Uh, Mostly better as a receiver than a rusher, I'd say, in this game. But overall, it was still a solid performance. And... And Trayshawn Harrison also, he had a couple of big drops, but he had a couple of big catches too. They kind of, you know, he didn't keep his head down. And that kind of transitions over to the defensive side of the ball and that Corey Durden, he's one of the guys that stood out to me in that, not necessarily on the stat sheet, but he was a huge leader. I remember when Trayshawn Harrison dropped a pass, a critical pass too. And at first he had his head down, Trayshawn had his head down. He was sad about it, but Corey Durden ran over immediately, put his arm around him and said, hey, keep your chin up. You're going to make a play later on in the game. And Harrison did do that later on where Durden showed a huge defensive, lead, really team leadership, but also he just kind of led on the D-line because without Marvin Wilson, A.J. Dillon and the B.C. offense were, gonna, were having a, a field day in the backfield or out of the rush in the ball. And Dillon had 40 carries for 167 yards, sorry, 165 yards. And he had zero touchdowns, but still he had 40 pounding and bruising carries. And he really kept moving the chains as B.C. had... They were 14 for 20 on third down conversions. So they kept moving to change. They dominated the time of possession, but the defense didn't give up. And they kind of held BC to a couple field goal attempts. And BC's kicker didn't perform as he missed a couple kicks that really, really kind of <laughs> kept BC out of his game because if they would have scored touchdowns on those drives, and they definitely would have had a second half lead and probably would have run away with it. But FFC was able to bend but not break, which is really all you can do at a certain point. And they held on. And on defense, Corey Durden, as I mentioned, he was a huge leader up front. Um, Homsen Najdin was a beast. He had 22 tackles in the game, and that was almost an FSU school record. And Homsen Najdin, he's going to be playing on Sundays pretty soon. I just have to let you guys know that because Homsen Najdin, he was all over the field. He's an impact player. You can put him back at safety. He'll make plays. You can even put him down as a linebacker, and he can still hold up against the run as well. 
he's a very diverse and unique player. And I think if they get some, a nice, a, another season of seasoning with kind of some good fundamental, because the DBs need some more fundamental work, whether it's them in pass coverage or playing balls in the air or even just catching interception. They need some night. They need a little bit more of adjustment. I know a, a total, not a rehaul, but a, a nice tutorial or a rehash of what the, of the fundamentals of playing defensive back. But Holmes and Nazarene's ready to play on Sundays right now. And then speaking of DB, Stanford Samuels the third. He had a good game. He had a game ceiling interception in the fourth quarter. But he also showed better in coverage, and he also played well against the run because BC was trying to bounce the ball to the outside and attack FSU's DBs. But Samuels didn't let the defense, the O line or the blockers get up on him, and he he attacked the blockers and then got across the block and made some good tackles underneath. Emmett Rice had a huge sack as well, and he played pretty well in space. And Emmett Rice has had a talent this whole time. It's just more of injuries and also just getting on the field and really knowing the play calling. But he's a great athlete, so once you get him moving downhill and in space and he knows where he's going, then he can be a beast out there for you. So Emmett Rice had a good game as well. And overall, just seeing a lot of the younger FSU defenders on the field, it's good It's good they're getting reps because without Marvin Wilson, you had some other guys on the D-line playing as well. I know Akeem didn't, didn't have his best game, but every rep he gets out there as a freshman DB is even better. So all in all, just seeing the defense kind of kind of keep going and keep growing. They didn't have the best game, but they held BC to about eh, five yards a play, so that's not too bad. I think it's like 5.4, I want to say. BC ran a lot of plays, but FSU's defense didn't break the whole time, so that was good on them. And I know that one of the touchdowns came in garbage time when FSU was up by two scores, so... I mean, you count that in the stat sheet a little bit, but I'm not really going to factor that in. But overall, the defense played pretty well, and the offense hit big plays to keep FSU ahead of uh, to keep FSU ahead in the game. And then the <laughs> Powerade should be the official sponsor. I feel like at FSU at this point, if they they should really build an advertisement around Coach Hagens because after the game ended, he got doused in Powerade, and Coach Hagens is known for. If he, if he sees you the Gatorade, he's going to slap it out of your hand. Or if you mention the word Gatorade, he's going he's, he's gonna to get pretty angry because we hate the Gators here. We have Powerade only, and that's all we're going to do. And he got a nice Powerade bath at the end of the game, and it was well-deserved. And that, that kind of felt like a, a renewal of the program in a sense because we had hit some dark days. And I mentioned in the last, previous episode how we were at rock bottom, but this past weekend it was us climbing out of that and we're ascending upward, I feel like. And that just having the players have some joy – because making because now that we're we're five and four on the season now that we have five, five wins on the season, FSU's got a good shot of making a bowl game because we have Alabama State at home next week, which we should win. You know, knock on wood, but we should win that game. And then now it puts us at six wins, and we'll see what happens against Florida. I still have the Gators. So I'm probably going to pick the Gators to win that game, but you never know in a rivalry game. You never know what can happen. And so even I mean Alabama, for example, granted LSU is a lot better team, but Alabama had a home field advantage and they lost to LSU yesterday. And Oklahoma almost lost to Iowa State as well this past weekend. So there's a you know there's a lot of different factors that go into rivalry games. So you never really know what can happen. But if this is huge for the program because just having FSU stay on the national stage and that hey we had a positive moment. Everyone loves Co- loves Coach Higgins and the team, and just seeing them have a positive moment on national TV or sorry on ACC Network, then them being able to make a bowl game and have 15 more practices so the players can develop and get better. Also, the recruits can see, hey, FSU is still relevant. They, they, there's no, there's only one year of not making a bowl. Now that we're this year, we're going to make a bowl again, and hopefully, we can start a new streak and continue that forward. Last week, if you would have said, hey, FSU is going to win on the road after that Miami game, I would have said, you, you're crazy. We're not making a bowl game, or we're going to lose every every game. We're going to lose two out of the last three games, and it'll just be a disappointing offseason. I would have definitely 
take that, but Coach Higgins and the whole staff stepped up. Whether it's Coach Browse on offense calling the plays, or Jim Levin now being brought on as more of a full time defensive coach instead of just being an analyst, whatever they did on the in the background, they did a good job and they really kind of stabilized the program for at least for a one week. You know, that's all you can really do is take one week at a time. So you go from this week to Alabama State next week, and then the Florida, and then you get ready for a bowl game. Now we'll see what happens with the bowl alignments. We could be back at Shreveport, you never know. But there's some very there's some interesting options out there and. Overall, FSU and the whole staff, congrats on the win. That's a 38-31 win. Uh, we're still waiting to hear on the head coaching news, what's going to go down with that, whether Coach Stoops is coming or not. I personally think if Coach Stoops is coming, there's going to be a lot of change around the program. And he's going he's gonna to bring in a lot of new people, and he's going to ask for a lot of new things. And honestly, he has every right to do that because if he's going to come base, essentially out of semi-retirement and kind of help fix his program, he needs to do it his way and have his own people in the house. And the other coaching candidates out there, I know uh, Campbell at Iowa State, they had they lost, but they had an impressive showing against Oklahoma. So he could be an intri- intriguing offense, uh, 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 intriguing off um, person to bring in. Coach Venables at Clemson, I don't know. He seems, he always just seems really comfortable to me. And everyone's saying, oh, maybe he can come down from Clemson. We can pay him more money. He's only making two million, but and there's no buyout if he could take a head coaching position. But he seems to be at home at Clemson, and he's he seems to be at peace where he is right now. So, yeah, we could drop the bag and bring him over, but I'm not sure about that. And the whole Deion Sanders and Lane Kiffin rumors, those are just uh, that's come with a paparazzi. That's like TMZ kind of stuff. There's no way coach, or there's no way Deion Sanders will be the head coach. I just couldn't see uh, Deion's a great representative representative of the program, but I just couldn't see him sacrificing the kind of the the freedom and the I guess the of movement and also what he wants what he wants to do with because he's on TV right now so he can he can kind of choose when he comes in for that he's coaching high school football as well if you're the coach at Florida State you have to be in the office every day all day this it's almost it's it's a, it's a, there's some 14 15 hour days being put in sometimes even longer than that and I just can't see Dion really going back to that after having you know the 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 more the capable luxury of having freedom as a TV personality and also as a coach in the high school level. So I just can't see Dion doing that. I mean, he didn't come here as a DB coach before. So if you didn't, if you didn't want to do that, I don't think he'd be able to come in as head coach as well. And then with Lane Kiffin, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. I got a lot of texts about, Hey, could coach Lane Kiffin leave FAU for FSU? But that would be, it's just too much back there. I feel like too much drama with all that. So we'll see what happens with the coaching, uh, head coaching position, uh, whether it's Bob Stoops, Campbell, or whoever else comes in, coming in. I mean, maybe Norvell from Memphis, but I kind of like his his game style, but I don't know. It's interesting. All I know is uh, Odell Higgins is now, I don't know if he wants it, but a lot of people are pu- 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 like pushing for him to maybe just stay on as head coach. And he's a good representative of the program, so I would be totally for that. You get him a couple good assistants to help, help run the show on a daily basis, and maybe that could work out, but... It's really up to, if he wants it. That's really the key. And I don't think he's he's never really been a me guy. And I think he just wants to be more of a, he wants to be a Seminole, wants to represent the program. But I think he wants to do it his own way, more in the background as a supporting person versus the guy. So we'll see what goes on there. But like I said, Florida State's got uh, Alabama State coming up next week at home. So it's the final home game of the season. So please fill in dope, support the team, support Coach Higgins. And if we win this game, then we're going bowling. So be in Doke Campbell this next Saturday and be ready to go. But that is episode nine of the Believe in FSU Football Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Chris Sharp underscore. And remember, use the hashtag Believe FSU. And 
Null Nation, we are at rock, we were at rock bottom last week. This week, we are a peg up. We are climbing out of this hole, and we are going to get to the top. We're going to get out of this eventually. It's going to be a long road, in my opinion, but we're going to get out eventually. So ride the wave, grab a shovel, and let's keep on digging. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.